everybody welcome back to mystery magnet i appreciate everybody joining me again and uh this episode we are going to do something a little bit different something fun and uh you know i just thought i'd like to mix it up uh, my last episode was a little bit short so i thought hey let's let's throw an extra throw an extra episode in this week and uh just do something just something out of the ordinary so today what i've come up with is the mystery wheel so it's going to be kind of a freestyle uh, on um, uh, just a series of different mysteries that I picked off the internet. You know, I went on Google and just typed up random mysteries and just got a big list and pulled from that list and threw them up on a wheel. Now, I do have a physical mystery wheel in the room that I will post on the internet. I'll post it on my, uh, I'll post it on my Instagram and show you the picture of it that uh, it's sitting here on my desk and you could hear it ticking in the background. So, so it does hold 14 different mysteries. I have them written out on this colorful wheel, and um, I'm going to give them a spin here in a minute, and uh, whatever one it lands on, that's the one I'm going to talk about. So, so I'm not just going to talk about one. You know, there's all these things that I picked out I, I know something about. So I've heard of these. I have some type of background. Some are specific. Some are very general. And uh, they could go anywhere. I could talk for three minutes. I could talk for 15 minutes on, on one. It just depends. So, so I'm going to do three of them. So I thought that would kind of uh, fill the episode up pretty good. And we're going to see how this works out. So, so this is the first episode of the Mystery Wheel. So we're going to test this out this week and, uh, and hope you all enjoy it. So, so let's take the first spin. And we're going to spin this Mystery Wheel. Um, before I do that, though, I am going to just go over the list so you guys can see what's on it or you can hear what's on it. Uh, so the first one is Jimmy Hoffa, Hitler's Death, The Afterlife, Ghost Hunters, Time Travelers, which is a cool one, UFOs, that's a very general, I mean, that, that one can go anywhere, The Moon Landing, that is more of a conspiracy, you know, that, that does go along the lines of mystery, um, Amelia Earhart, <clears throat> Bigfoot, once again, can go anywhere, um, this one's very specific. Max Hedrum TV hack. And I don't know if a lot of people know about that one. Uh, the Georgia Guidestones. Area 51, which is a pretty deep one. Loch Ness Monster. And D.B. Cooper. And that's a very uh, that's a very interesting one as well. So, so those 14 topics are on the wheel. I'm going to give it a good hard spin, and we're going to see where we go today. So here we go. And it is spinning. It's getting close, close, close. Oh, we got Jimmy Hoffa. All right. So this is this one's exciting. This is pretty cool. This is super exciting because there is a movie that's coming out. It's called The Irishman. It literally airs uh, tomorrow, I believe. I think it's on the I'm just looking at my uh, it's it airs on Wednesday. So that's two days from now. I have a pretty good background knowledge of this particular subject and not because it's 
and and I don't really go back to where it ties into a lot of the crazy theories. I mean, I'd so I'd seen a lot of the movies uh, way back when. I've read I've read quite a few articles on Jimmy Hoffa and his background with the Teamsters and his association with the mafia and things of that nature. <clears throat> and we know he was a you know, pretty big radical back then, and he really uh, he he really did a lot of things to upset a lot of people. So. So there was no no doubt about it that something nefarious happened. You know, he was, uh, you know, he was murdered. He was, you know, taken by some some group or individual. And for a long time, you know, it was pretty much well, well known that it would it would probably be the mafia that that was the, the number one target would, would be the mafia. But or, you know, it could be the government. But it was long for a long time. It's it's always been the big mystery. Where's Jimmy Hoffa buried? That's that's always been the thing. So. So it's the reason that intrigues me so much is because for so many years, um, people thought he he was buried somewhere. And and from my recent understanding and from a, uh, a recent um, account from a deathbed confession, um, I don't believe that to be true. I don't believe he's buried anywhere. Now, this movie that's coming out, The Irishman, should cover that. I haven't seen it yet, and it's coming straight to Netflix, which is going to be awesome. Huge, amazing cast, De Niro, Pacino, uh, Pesci, you know, just um, Ray Romano, a lot of different uh, comedians are going to kind of be filling in, but it's a very serious movie, and it really harkens back to that era, and it looks amazing, and I'm stoked to see it, but uh, but I digress. Um so really what this what this movie covers, and this is the theory that I believe, based on everything that's been set up to this point, uh, Jimmy Hoffa was killed by the mafia. And you know, spoiler alert with this movie because this is this is the uh, this is the essence essence of who the Irishman was. Uh, this gentleman was recruited by the mafia at some point in time in his life and he was pegged pretty quickly as an assassin as a someone that could do their bidding and uh he was a very imposing large man that uh you know had a lot of had a lot of experience um had a lot of training and just just had that demeanor of where, where he can handle things that the mafia needed done so so he was doing a lot of um a lot of hits for this crime family. And then once Jimmy Hoffa became too big and too powerful and he decided that he needed to, uh, he needed to go off on his own and, um, and defy, uh, the wishes of, of, of this mafioso family, uh, they, they decide, Hey, um, we're gonna, we're going to, uh, gonna have to take care of him. But but prior to that, you know, they had they had worked with Jimmy, you know, the, the Teamsters and the Mafia and all them worked together, two powerful organizations. And they, you know, they scratched each other's back in that regard. So so it was one of those things where <clears throat> they had placed the Irishman, this gentleman in. And, you know, I'm, I'm his name's escaping me, so I apologize. But that's that's what happens on a freestyle. You just you know, you got to got to recall things. But they they put this this hitman as uh, as Jimmy Hoffa's bodyguard, and he was with him for for a, quite a long time. And he befriended him; they became very good friends, and he had a lot of respect for Jimmy. Um, but the bottom line is that um, this this hitman worked for the mafia. 
That's that's who his allegiance was to. He was placed uh, with Jimmy as his protector, but uh, but ultimately, you know, he uh, he had to do what he had to do. And when the when the time came and Jimmy Hoffa uh, became uh, just just too much of a problem, and he pushed back too much, and he decided to to defy uh, what the what the mafia wanted him to do and his position, uh, they had to make the call and they had to say, uh, you know, you got to take care of him. This is just, uh, uh, it's gone too far. Now, this gentleman uh, being really good friends with Jimmy at this point, you know, he, that's the last thing he wanted to do. But like I said, he understood that was, that was what had to happen. So, so once again, spoiler alert, haven't seen the movie. I have no idea, but I, I truly believe that I know what the, what the final, uh, what the final moments of Jimmy Hoppus' life was. Uh, they had a meeting that they had set up uh, with this crime family, and his bodyguard came with him. That was the one individual in his world at this point that he trusted. He didn't trust much of anybody else. So they drove him to this house um, <clears throat> out in this neighborhood, and uh, and I believe I want to say it was. See, I'm just I'm gonna be I'm gonna be guessing. I want to say it was in Detroit or something like that. But there was a local a local neighborhood um, that they they wanted to meet at this house. It was it was known as a meeting place. So so they went to this house. His bodyguard was with him and um, and the driver. They got to the house. The bodyguard and Jimmy Hoffa got out. They walked into the house. As soon as they got into the door, the bodyguard pulled out a gun, put a couple on the back of Jimmy's head. He went face down. And they had a couple of cleaners that were uh, that were in the house, ready and waiting. Uh, so, for those of you that don't know what cleaners are, basically they're they're able to wipe a crime scene clean. And uh, and and back in that time, it was wasn't very hard, but they had to clean up the crime scenes, and they got rid of it. Of, they got rid of all the evidence of the of the body. So, so at that point, there was a couple of brothers uh, that were cleaners, and um, you know they they took care of. Uh, they took care of Jimmy's body. They ended up taking it down the street, which wasn't very far, uh, to a crematorium, and uh, his body was incinerated. So that mystery of where is Jimmy Hoffa for all these years comes down to the fact that he is he's dust. And uh, I believe it. And uh, the deathbed confession was from the hitman that killed him. And uh, he, he, he basically uh, entrusted uh, this, this writer uh, for for quite a few years with this story, and eventually he came out with it and said, "This is what happened." You know, he said he regrets it, and he Jimmy was his friend, and uh, but but that's that was the destiny of Jimmy Hoffa. So, so all right, we're gonna move on. You know, that was kind of a you know that was kind of an interesting one for myself. I'm excited about this movie coming out, The Irishman. I think it's November 25th coming out, so I'm pretty stoked to see it. So, all right, gonna give it another spin. Here we go. Area 51. Oh, this one can go anywhere. So Area 51, that is out in the desert of Nevada. Um, Near New Mexico, where the, um, where the, uh, back in the day, there was the, you know, there was the crash in New Mexico with the, with the UFOs back in the 40s. You know, that was a, that was a crazy, 
crazy one, but um, but that one, uh, it there's there's so much that you could really talk about when it comes to Area 51. It is it is an insanely um, uh, mysterious area that I believe has more to do with with government um, experiments. I mean, we know it's a government facility, but um, it's, it, you know, it's always associated with the Roswell crash and going back to the 40s where, like I said, where the plane goes down in New Mexico and they believe that the bodies were brought over to Area 51 and this is where they're holding the bodies and holding the UFOs. And this is where things have been reverse engineered you know, and on the surface, you know, a lot of that is crazy talk. You know, it's like, come on, there's nothing that's been proven up to that point, up to now, really. I mean, there's a lot of um, eyewitness testimony. There's a lot of people that have come forth and said they've seen things and heard things. And um, people have a lot of theories. But to this point, um, I, I think to me, the only credible uh, witness that I could think of, and some people would absolutely disagree with me, is Bob Lazar. Now, Bob Lazar was just on Joe Rogan's uh, podcast. I think it's been about a month or so ago, and uh, it was a pretty important podcast for the reason that uh, Bob Lazar uh, was was a he was recruited many years ago, and he has a very interesting life. So, I mean, you could look back on anybody's life, and you can go after him and, and kind of pick everything apart. But he was recruited by this uh, this organization that worked at Area 51. And, um, and bottom line is that he, he had information many years ago that he has testified to that that doesn't that didn't exist at the time that people said you're crazy there's th these things don't exist and these things aren't what they are he systematically proven was pro has been proven to be right through the years there's different there was different uh, pieces of equipment there was like a hand scanner that they used to measure the bones in your hand uh, as a way of you know a security measure of checking people in and identifying people and people said, you're crazy. That doesn't exist. That's not even a thing. That sounded like super science fiction back in the day. And, uh, and, and it's been proven to this day to be true. Those things do exist. They have images. They have pictures of them. And they actually have had people that have that invented those machines and worked on those machines to this day that, that confirmed that these things did, did exist. Does that mean that that UFOs exist? No, but it adds some validity to Bob Lazar's story. And he also uh, was aware of this, uh, this element. Uh, I believe it's 115 um, on the, on the on periodic table that it's like lighter than air, but it's a solid and it's a very, just very controversial um, uh, thing back then because he, he said, this is, this is a thing, this exists, this is something that they're working on. And that's something that they had gotten from the Roswell crashes. This is something that they studied area 51. And there's something that they're trying to understand now. And they saw oh, you're crazy. You're it's hooey. That doesn't happen. That didn't, doesn't exist. And today we know element 115 as a, as an element on the table that, that, that does exist. So, so you, you take it for what it is. 
And and when he was on the podcast and he's told his story, uh, you know, he there's a, a special Netflix special about Bob Lazar and Flying Saucers that a gentleman uh, produced and directed. And it really just goes over the the fact that Bob Lazar has never been a publicity hound. He's never been he never wanted anything from any of this. He's never asked. He's never wrote in books or asked for people. He really just kind of at this point wants to be left alone. And he continues to be monitored and harassed by the government, even to even to this day. Even like when they were shooting this recent you know footage. Now this went back into the to the early '80s. I mean we're talking. 30, 40 years ago, uh, you know, they were, they were, you know, this is when he was working in this, in this facility. Now, now even today he gets harassed by government officials and they come in and ransack his, uh, his, uh, his office, his facility and try to look for evidence that he has taken that, like, I, I believe it's that element 115. He, they think that he still has access to that or he took, uh, something from that facility pertaining to that element. So, and and Bob Lazar's a scientist. He's not a you know he's not a conspiracy theorist. He's not a, a he's not a, a guy that just spends his time on the internet trying to make up stories. He's got a um, he's got a facility. It's it's in Michigan. It's it's north of me, and uh, you know it's in a little town. And he's got a little science lab. And he you know he he you know he does what he does. That's his job, and that's just what he loves to do. It's what he's always loved to do. And he never asked for anything, but but the stories of uh, airplanes uh, loading, you know, workers um, on and flying them in, and then flying them out, and just on un- the unmarked planes, that's been documented. There's there's groups of people that fly in and out of that place, and and what and why that why is there why does it need to be so secretive? I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a well-known place. We know it's there. Yes, we don't know what's involved or what they're doing, but you know that's that's still one of those things that we're going to have to uh, at some point in time we're going to have to to figure out. I don't know. So it's it's always it's always hard. You know, the the Area Fifty One um, secret really, like I said, goes back to Roswell, and I'm not going to open that can of worms because Roswell and the whole the whole potential cover up there is is just been just been documented for years and years and years and 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 nobody really knows what happened that day but there was just so much evidence um, and so much eyewitness eyewitness testimony that that something strange occurred so so the one thing i will say is i know that recently there's been a push uh to to get out there and i've never been to area 51 but there's there's been a there's a there was a group of individuals on the internet i know recently that that they said that they were going to do this big rush of Area 51, like they were they were uh, trying to rally, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, and said we're just going to go in there and take it over, and we're gonna we're gonna rush the gates, and we're finally going to find out what's in there. You know, I I don't, you know, as much as we want to solve mysteries, as much as we want to um, to to try to unearth things that you know that we don't understand. You know, it's it's never going to be good to to resort to violence or, or resort to people losing their lives or, or getting hurt just to find out what's going on. If the government is holding back something from us, you know, there's a couple of theories of thought, you know, that uh, that it's maybe it's for our own good. You know, maybe it's absolutely something that we want to know. We don't know. It's, it's hard to say. 
Um, some people, you know, believe that the shock of what they know is too would be too much for the general public to handle. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I believe that we're. I think these day, this day and age, we're getting more and more. Um, it, we're more and more capable of of handling things of that nature. But still, if if anything like if anything comes out of Area Fifty One that's even close to uh, the stories about aliens and aircrafts and things like that. The one thing that people have to understand is that <clears throat> these type of mysteries, these type of things, you know, are, are often just uh, considered to be kind of hogwash to, you know, it's kind of like hooey. People are saying people are just, you know, silly. They make up stories. They want to believe things. So they, so, so really when it comes back to, you know, people not wanting to believe things that that's kind of where it stems from. People don't want to believe those things are true. So can we handle it? I don't know. I mean, people, people believe that they're, they're able to handle a lot of things, but when it comes down to it, if area 51's holding UFOs, if they have, if they have aliens in there, if all these things that, that the conspiracy theorists think that are going on is going on and it comes to the surface, uh, you know, that's going to, it's going to kind of turn everything on its head. You know, well, you want to talk about changing history. You're talking about changing our species, you know, changing the way that we believe that we came to this earth and how, and just everything. So, I mean, and, and you, you people can't even handle being challenged on various small things. Can you imagine, can you imagine somebody trying to digest and, and understand that everything that they believed in their life and their religion and their world and everything that, that, that is not true. I mean, that's, 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 uh, that's a, um, uh, Pandora's box. I'm not sure we want to open. So, so is area 51 holding secrets that are, that are, uh, be best to be left, uh, unknown. I, I might agree. I mean, I don't know. I, I, am not saying I do, but you know, I, I could definitely make that argument if, uh, you know, if I was on that side of the table. So, so area 51, I don't know. So just government, government aircraft, um, UFOs, you know, you guys, you guys decide, but there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of information out there to support, uh, both sides. So, so we're going to have to see which way that one goes. So, Okay, so last and final spin. Let's see what we get on the uh, mystery wheel here. I think we're doing pretty good today. Oh, this one's interesting. Okay, so I don't have a huge, um, I don't have a huge background on this, but uh, I do know about it, and it's uh, it's within my lifetime, and it just so happened to uh, occur in the Chicagoland area, and uh, me growing up in Northwest Indiana in the Chicagoland area. Um, I've, I've, I've been made aware of it. Now I asked my wife about this uh, a few weeks ago, if she remembers this happening and she said, no, she had never heard of it. So, so if, so if anybody nationally, you know, uh, I would imagine is, is on, you know, listening today, I, I would think that, uh, I think this one might, might, might've escaped you at some point in time. Uh, there was a broadcast in the, uh, Chicagoland area, like I said, um, and, and I, I really don't, uh, I don't think it was any, I don't think there was any major event. I think this was kind of just, a just a one-off. I think this was just something that, uh, just happened, you know, um, just during a regular, uh, news, news briefing or something like that on the evening news. And there was a, 
Oh man, what was the time frame? See, I'm just uh, that part's even escaping me a little bit. There was an interruption in the broadcast. I do remember that, and and it was you know being back in the '80s. There's you know, it was it was a lot more difficult for these things to occur. I mean, today hackers are something that are known to be you know it's it's more prevalent. Uh, computer hacking back then, you know, there wasn't really the internet or anything like that, so it was a different animal altogether. So what ended up happening is there was a, I think it was like a thirty second interruption. So this wasn't like they they went on for for uh, you know like minutes and you know an hour or so. So it was a very quick attack, if you want, if you would say, on the uh, the national broadcast. Uh, and and they and what it ended up being, and and for some of you that are a little bit younger, you might not know who Max Hedrum is, but it was a uh, he was a promotional figure, and it was a it was like an exaggerated like rubber cartoon faced guy that um, had like ex- like you would see at like the park, so they'd make the exaggerated pictures of you uh that he kind of looked like that he had very just you know exaggerated features he had like plastic i think he had like almost looked like a mask you know or like plastic hair and had like a plastic looking suit but it was a real guy that actually did the uh the the rendition of it and um this individual that hacked in just had a max hedrum mask on and had a suit tie and the background that he had had like this, the background was like striped and it, and it moved around in different directions. So it was really crazy. And what this guy ended up doing is he just, he just was, it was for like, like I said, like 30 seconds, he was just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Like he was, I can't remember what props he brought in and he was just acting totally goofy and he was using this crazy voice. Like I said, and he was doing kind of the Max Hedrum um, uh, skit type of thing. And it was just, it was, it was, it was, it was disturbing. It what he didn't do anything perverted. I don't think, but he, he did just some really crazy wacky things. And it was kind of like a, it was just, it was almost like a hacker at the time just wanted to pull off a stunt and just be silly and do some crazy things just to prove that they could do it. And that's what it appeared to be to me. And it was just a, it was a fun little thing. So I mean, it probably pissed off the uh, the broadcasting company in Chicago pretty bad, but um, but on the surface, it was you know it was kind of harmless in a sense. To this day, like I said, this happened in the mid to late '80s. To this day, uh, nobody has ever figured out who did it. Like nobody has ever known. You know, it's it's a little mystery. It's a little thing. Uh, on the grand scheme of all the mystery things that I think about, talk about, and do, it's just kind of one of those things that's that's popped up from time to time. And I'll I'll ask people in conversations, hey, you know, you know what? Have you ever heard of this? And even people in the area, they're like, no, I don't remember that. It was just kind of a like I said, it was like a goofy thing. So so no harm, no foul, but uh, just a fun little mystery that uh, that I decided to tack on the mystery wheel. So. So what I'll do is the next time I do the mystery wheel, I'm going to eliminate Area 51, Max Hedrum, and uh, what was the other one that we did? And Jimmy Hoffa. I'll wipe those off. Uh, next time we do a mystery wheel, I'll just add something else new on there. We'll, we'll do three more spins, and then uh, we'll see where it goes. So, you know, 
I think it was a pretty successful episode. I, I had a good time. I, I like I like doing the freestyle thing where I don't have to to do too much studying. You know, I've you know, me being in my in my forties, I've been around this thing, you know, these things for many years. I always read and listen and, and discuss and and watch any documentary or read books or articles on, on all these different mysteries and I enjoy them so much. But you know, to be able to kind of just speak off the top of my head, it's pretty fun. I, I hope that uh, I hope there was a little bit of, of knowledge or a little bit of interest in there for somebody out there that uh, that maybe you didn't know about these stories. You know, when when it comes back to Jimmy Hoffa, you know, maybe nobody had heard of the uh, the recent findings of the of the confession that that came out, the deathbed confession, Area Fifty One. You know, there's a lot of things with Bob Lazar that have popped up recently. You know that 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 show um, there is some validity to the uh, to the crazy conspiracy conspiracy thoughts that some people have. And then, you know, like this little Max Hedrum uh, stunt that somebody pulled, not a big thing, but, you know, it's just kind of a cool little little mystery that uh, has never been solved. So. So that being said, uh, and I appreciate everybody joining me on Mystery Magnet. And uh, the next time. You know, I come back on. We'll 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 carry on with a normal episode with I, which I have a big list of things that I'm I'm excited about going over. Um, just all kinds of stuff out there. You know, uh, I I believe the next one's going to be Georgia Guidestones, which is a really cool uh, mystery out there that some people really don't know about, and it's in this very own very own country, and it's not very old, but it's a mystery. You know, that's that's. Uh, proving to be, you know, historical in and of itself. So, and then we'll carry on. I'm going to do a, a episode on Amelia Earhart. So she's a, a, an amazing figure in, in the history of aviation and, uh, you know, and tragically disappeared. And, you know, there's a lot of different uh, evidence, DNA evidence that have been taken and, and potential um, things that have been found to prove that, you know, maybe she did survive for a short period of time. And, and uh, you know we'll we'll have to dive into that and see how see, see what uh, see what we come up with. So, so once again, I appreciate you joining me on Mystery Magnet, and uh, you know you can hit me up at uh, Little Joe five seven four at gmail dot com, or you know you can find me on Instagram at mystery underscore magnet one. And uh, each episode that I do, I'm going to post uh, some pictures. Um, I, I did the last one on Jim Sullivan. I'm going to end up posting some music up on there, some of his stuff. And, and like I said, I encourage you guys to go listen to his music as well. So, uh, so make sure you do that and make sure you join me next time here on mystery magnet. Thanks everybody.